Hi. Hello. And welcome to the, to Stasis Pod, the holiday podcast. Yeah, we're, this is our holiday special. We're doing, uh, we, uh, we interrupt the final season of Transformers Animated to bring you something entirely different, which puzzles and confuses me. And now for something completely different, it's something I remembered that exists. It, after we put the poll up of the old cartoons, I, I realized that um we forgot to include one holiday special that I really love. And for, I think for a while I actually used to watch it pretty much every Christmas, but then I forgot about it. But I remembered it again. Uh, yes, it is The Big O. Which... Cast in the name of God, ye not a guilty. I was was personally all on board with watching this because I love the show. This is an amazing show. Uh, Rob had not seen it before. Never. And yes, as he said, he has so many questions. I have so many questions. Okay, so this is oh, it, it's like anime, but it's also like Batman the Animated Series. Um, yes, because one of the companies that actually was working on Batman the Animated Series, one of the animation houses they farmed out to, made this. So that's why it's stylistically similar to the point that there is a character who's kind of the Joker, only not. Well, I mean, there's also a character who's clearly Alfred. Well, and there's also the main character's clearly Bruce Wayne with funky eyebrows. Yes. It's, I mean, the, the show yes. is basically... What if Batman the Animated Series, but with, but super anime? Yes. So there's like giant robots and things being super weird for no apparent reason, except that it's like heavy. Okay, so I, I will try and explain the premise as best I understand it. And then you two will tell yeah, me. And every once in a while you come up with a question and. What the frick is wrong with this? Okay. <laughs> well, uh. First, we have the opening theme. Have we introduced ourselves? Uh, I'm David. That's Rob. And Jim. You should know by now. Yeah. It's a hundred and something episodes. Yeah. Anyway, first, the opening theme song. Which is a really direct ripoff of Queen to the point that um, the new Blu-ray version doesn't have that oh. song anymore. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. They, uh, they are litigious. The DVD version that came out whenever the show was originally out has it, which is what I watched. But uh, the new version, they, they changed it to something. Or I think the second season has a different theme. It's been a while since I've rewatched the whole thing. But oh, I love this show. Oh, and the visuals of the theme song are heavily referenced to uh, the opening theme song to Ultra 7. Ah, uh -huh. I, I didn't get that at all. Yep. Well, the, the okay. swirly colors and silhouettes on the background, that, that's a very Ultraman thing. Okay, so the premise is we are in Paradigm City, which I initially believed was yes. also the name of the city from Street Sharks. <laughs> but <laughs> that was Fission City, and the bad guy on that show was Dr. Paradigm. Oh. Uh -huh. So it's uh -huh. not quite that. Yes, uh, so Paradigm it, it, City, the city of amnesia, as it's right, called most of the time. So there's there's a big city, there's a big dome over some of it, but not all of it. Parts of it, yes. The richer can, parts have domes over it. Okay, and you can get from the dome part to the non-dome part, so it's not like the show Under the Dome. No, <laughs> no, they're, they're just sort there of no big cows cut in half. glass geodesic dome kind of thing. It. it 
it's well like Batman, it's very retro future. Yeah, I mean it's very like the future, but also it's nineteen forty two. Yes. They're very art yeah. deco. Which I guess is a is almost like uh almost like the Fallout games where it's the future but also it's the fifties. And apparently people have like totally forgotten like there was something that happened like forty years ago and nobody yeah, remembers in- anything that happened before that. Yes, there is that's an apocalyptic the entire event. premise of the thing. Something something happened forty years ago. Everyone woke up with no memory of the what happened before, except every once in a while people will remember things from before, which is why we have a robot person and various giant robots and shit that happens every once in a while. There's like echoes of memory, and it's also implied that this is like the only city left on Earth, and everybody else is dead. Kinda to the point that there. Well, no, that's wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, there is it. There is at least another community somewhere. There's a character in the show who does, isn't in this episode who comes from there, and in the second season, okay. there's sort of something about that, but it's weird and vague. Also, oh, so it's kind of like Judge Dredd, where you've got like the mega cities, yeah. and everything else is the cursed Earth. I yeah, this is Mega City One. There's a lot I of stuff. I would also in note that the first season didn't. I mean, for the first season, a lot of that stuff was more like background. Yeah. And it was more the second season that they actually got into it. And the second season only got made because the show took off so well in America. Ah. Yes. Yeah. There would be no second season at all if it hadn't been on Toonami or Cartoon Network, whichever block it was in, I forget. It's like, it was so popular here, it was, who would have gave a shit in Japan? But it was so popular here, we got another season. And that other season is more art, experimental, fuck it, let's go crazy. Okay. Yeah, that's that's more latter half of Evangelion sort of stuff. Yeah, but more entertaining. <laughs> so our, our main character is Roger Smith, who is kind of just Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yes. Pretty much exactly Bruce Wayne's pointed. He has a butler. He lives in a mansion. He has a big black car. Uh, and he's he's a negotiator. Yes. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but he owns or controls or something. Is he? There's a big robot, and he drives it. Yes. And I assume that is the titular Big O. Yes. Yeah. The. The robot is kind of, him piloting the robot is his Batman. It's his secret identity. His negotiating right. is more involved with like trying to find people who've remembered bits of the past before everybody got amnesia. Yeah, I mean. So he's sort of like a private detective, kind of. Yeah, it's it's a little bit private detective, a little bit like, I mean, I I believe that sometimes police forces do have People who are like, I mean, we have mediators who help people settle, you know, legal disputes and stuff. Uh, and or, uh, or like uh, Samuel Jackson and Kevin Spacey in the movie The Negotiator. Yes. But also he does do a lot of like private detective sort of work too uh, on behalf of clients. Sometimes that client being the guy who runs the city. And he has a partner or... Or a friend, or or does he does he own her? I don't know how this works. There's there's this it's, woman named Dorothy who is kind of like yes, uh, kind of his Dana Scully. She's very pale. She's got red hair. Um, okay, her name had... her name is R. Dorothy Wainwright. 
Uh, okay. The reason for the R is one of the reasons I love this show so much is because I love it when yeah. people just toss in random Asimov things with their androids. Uh, it was a thing in Isaac Asimov's uh, robot books that uh, androids would have the initial R before their names to indicate that they were a robot. Uh, I, mm-hmm. That probably made it into that iRobot movie, which was less a an adaptation of any specific Asimov story, but it was very much sort of like his concepts. Uh, so yes, that, that is an Asimov reference that, uh, the, the very few androids in this setting do have the initial R ahead yeah. of their name to indicate that they are a yes. robot. Yes, well, there's only a couple other robots. Listen, just, just whatever you do, please don't make fun of iRobot this Christmas. <laughs> uh, I liked I, that movie just fine. I haven't seen it in a while, but I liked it just fine. Uh, the very first episode is him I think it's her grandfather, in quotes, which is a guy who actually built her and called Wainwright, uh, hired him to find her, I think. It's been so long, and, and he dies at the end of the episode, so he, Roger just kind of ends up with a robot maid who isn't really a maid. She just kind of dresses like one. Yeah, I mean, she's Mostly she just of... plays the piano and sasses. Yeah, I wasn't sure if she was supposed to be a maid or just kind of gothy. She's kind of his ward, uh, in, in a sense, but, you know, also, she is an android, but, you know, she, she lives with him. Uh, she does some, some maid duties, but he does already have a butler, because of course he does. Uh, and yeah, she's amazing. Oh, oh we'll get to the butler. Let, let, let's, let's put Norman off for a bit. And so I, I watched the American intro, which was, otherwise, I would have no idea that she was a robot. It's kind of hinted at in the episode, and I assume, you know, this comes yeah. up a lot before. But I assume she's, like, based on a real person? Yes. I mean, as as with uh, a lot yeah, of... Yeah, supposedly the Wainwright guy built her in shape of his daughter. Granted, I was, I was like, well, my daughter died, so I'll build a robot of her. I mean, because, yeah, I mean that's she's kind, kind of a robot trope. I mean, because she's kind of like, you know, expressionless and trope. monotone, but I thought maybe that was like a Dana Scully Daria kind of thing and not actually being a robot. Because that was big well, in the yeah, night. it's also, it's a big anime trope, Ray Ayanami and other characters. Expressionless little 14-year-old girls. I don't know why it's such a big thing. It's mostly faded now, but it's still around. And, uh, yes, uh, Roger Smith also has a butler who is just Alfred with a bigger mustache and an eye patch. <laughs> yes. Oh, we, we've, we'll hold off a little bit of the Norman talk because it's going to be fun later. But yeah, he, he's, he's Alfred kinda. And then there's also like a Commissioner Gordon type guy who we don't really see much of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, the, the head of the military police, Dostin, who's in the opening credits and stuff. Right, I, 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 kept, yeah, I kept calling him Datsun. They, <laughs> yeah, because it, Dustin is a weird name. He's a friend to Roger, kind of, but not really. Oh, we haven't even mentioned voice actors, although most of them really aren't important, except for Roger's voice actor, Steve Bloom, who will yep. be seeing in Transformers in the future. Yes, in, like, and he had... in like a month. Yeah. I mean, was, uh, was Spike Spiegel like his first big thing he did because this was definitely after um, he was big, in cowboy bebop but i get well he'd done a lot of stuff before like th- there's even go back to giant robo and things he'd been around for a while but yeah i think cowboy bebop is the first 
thing where everyone noticed him, and after that, for a while, he was in everything as the lead character, to the point where you almost got tired of him. He's great, but it was oversaturation, uh, like, five years after this. And this is kind of his standard, like, hero guy voice. Yes. Which which you don't really hear. a little bit gravelly, a little stiff. And you don't hear that in Transformers. No, he's, he's, it's a very, <laughs> I, I would say that, that, uh, Prime Starscream is very much him doing a voice. Yes. Whereas this yes. is more just him acting, you know, using yeah, this, probably. This, like, think yeah, I'm pretty sure this is just voice. his speaking voice. Yeah, like, like, um, uh, Spike and Cowboy Bebop is a little bit different, but not a lot. Well, Spike and Cowboy Bebop is a less uptight character. Yeah. I think that that's a lot of it. And I, I will note that uh, this is the this is the first season, right? <clears throat> yes. Yes. So his butler is just some guy at this point, but in the second season, he's uh, Alan Oppenheimer. Ooh. Uh, best known as Skeletor. I didn't realize yeah, they the changed voice, voice actors. I, yeah, they do change voice actors, and I don't like the second Norman voice. Curse you, He-Man. <laughs> this one is more... British, stuck up, what I think of as an Alfred. I mean, he's just doing, like, Batman the Animated Series, Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's definitely doing an Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Oh, and in fact, Alan Oppenheimer previously, he played Alfred. Oh. In one of those, like, DC, uh, like, direct-to-video animated things. Oh. You know, he's an old guy, he can do British stuff, uh, we're, we're getting Alan Oppenheimer. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I kind of wish he just did it as, as Skeletor, <laughs> or or Sea Spray because he was also Sea Spray. <gasps> That's right. Oh, bubbles and uh, and Warpath. Yes. Here's your tea. <laughs> Bang, zoom. Well, Warpath is more appropriate to Norman. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, so uh, yeah, that is Happy that Heaven's is basically Day. the premise. And yeah, it is Heaven's Day because nobody remembers what Christmas is. Uh, or anything but its most superficial trappings. But they remember that there was a Christmas, which is, I mean, that's, yeah, that's some interesting meat there. It's on the and 25th, then later we hear there's about, people singing. Yeah. Right, old, old people, people gathering Christmas in what, song or holiday songs. Or right, old people gathering in what we now know, what we know is a church, but apparently nobody else does. Yeah, that's the thing, there's, uh, unless I'm completely forgetting shit, there was no religious stuff in this show, really. Well, oh, religious okay. symbolism, as in this episode, but they're not in the show in the city. Oh, yeah. I assume this was implying, like, religious stuff coming up, because I know that anime loves doing wacky religious stuff. It's oh, it's yeah, another yeah, one of those things, a bit like Evangelion, where it's more using the imagery than the, yes. the substance. Well... The, the substance sort of works in this episode, more than it does in Evangelion, anyway. Yeah. Though so, they, yeah, we... what they, their, their internal story is that Heaven's Day has to do with the founding of Paradigm City. Uh, but it, it will be mentioned later that that's not necessarily the case. Yes. So we, we open with, uh, Dorothy, who is shopping, uh, for a Heaven's Day gift. For somebody who has poor taste. <laughs> Lousy <laughs> taste, as she puts it. <laughs> and, he I mean, I'm a not... a black tie. 
Like, I don't really know anime particularly well, but the dialogue in this is very different from the anime I've seen. Yeah, and that yeah. may be the, the American influence to it. And, I mean, part of it's probably that Dorothy does have a very formal way of talking. And I, I it, it's very, like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of old uh, film noir, and it's very similar to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, sort like of the that, interplay between. Yeah, I mean the interplay uh, between uh, Roger and Dorothy kind of reminds me of the uh, Robert Mitchum and the female lead in uh, Out of the Past, mm-hmm. which is a film noir that I highly recommend. Anyway, so yeah, she is she is shopping, and uh, there is a guy playing the saxophone, and apparently these are remarkably rare in the uh, in this futuristic world. I, I also want to point out that it's a very Bruce Wayne sort of thing to have to get him a black tie because that's the yes. only thing he'll wear is yes. black. Because yes, as she puts it, it's for someone who has lousy taste. Yes, we, we have we have funeral clothes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, yes, there's a fellow playing a saxophone, which uh, is kind of a strange instrument. It's not really an instrument you tri- typically associate with Christmas. No. But it is a. I mean, it's it is much, an instrument you associate with. Busking. It's pretty much just the sax solo in uh, the waitress's Christmas wrapping. <laughs> That's the best. It is a popular instrument for busking, though. This is true. Yeah. And he is basically a busker. He's yeah. This is Oliver, who is with his hat out. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of he's kind of a bohemian type. He's got like a the page boy hat. He's got what appear to be golf pants. <laughs> yes. He's got long, slightly wavy hair. Yes, and uh, he has a girlfriend, uh, Laura, who is blind and has a weird looking character design, and uh, enjoys a nice uh, slice of fried ham. Well, <laughs> her character design is kind of lagey, Matsumoto kind of like. Galaxy Express 399, the tall, willowy women that would be in his stuff. Also, I'm not, I don't think, I mean, I usually for blind people, you, you give them sunglasses instead of just having their eyes closed all the time. Well, they're poor. Well, yeah, also, I don't know, it, it kind of works like how we figure out she is blind because her actions, not just, hey, look, she's blind. Yeah, that's true. This is true. Yeah. And certainly they can't afford a dog. It's done pretty well. Aww. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there's... I know that, God, there's an episode... I remember there being an episode with a lot of feels involving a cat. Oh. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe some other time we'll get to Paro. But I think it's one of those things <laughs> like in like in Blade Runner where, you know, domestic animals are actually like super rare because of all the apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah I, Paro might be the only animal I can remember in the series. So oh. they definitely do not, cannot afford a dog. Oh yeah, actually, I think I, we, we forgot to mention the name of the episode. This is Damon Seed. Oh. Yes. Demon Seed. Uh, well, it depends how you're pronouncing it. If we're, we're going by the standard, A before E is, it's just a long E. Like Demon, it's still Demon. Okay. Demon but- Seed. And this episode is definitely not about... Some people pronounce it different. I stick by the Latin. Anyway, so this episode is definitely not about a supercomputer impregnating Julie Christie, though, right? Yes. Thankfully, no. That's a movie I've seen. Definitely not about, like, little computer programs that forage your email around. 
Oh man, the mailer demon. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Anyway, so yeah, they're, uh, you know, these people are poor. Uh, he wants to get her a gift, but he doesn't have any money, and even the busking is not, uh, doing it for him. Yeah. But luckily, he uh, encounters a terrifying, deranged Santa Claus. He is, yeah, that, that... yeah wow. That guy oh, is going unsettling. Going back a bit, going back a bit when, uh, Dorothy and Roger are out shopping, the elevator scene. Oh, right. I love the elevator scene. I, I guess the deal is she's a robot, so she's heavy? Yeah, I uh, I forget. In one episode, I think they do say how much she weighs, but it's like hundreds of pounds. Ah, okay. Like, I think Roger at one point picks her up, but just barely. Ah. Because, yeah, she can't get on an elevator because it's a weight limit exceeded. So they have to take yes. the escalator. Yes, and she's very <laughs> like, I would have expected you to remember about this. You're being a jerk. And to be fair, he is kind of a jerk because at one point he says, I, I wrote this dialogue down about him like not liking, because of course he doesn't like Heaven's Day because, you know, Batman doesn't like Christmas. No. He says, it comes from emotions you wouldn't understand. <laughs> like, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, because she is one of those like data style robots who's all, what are these things you call feelings? Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, she's very, like, I mean, it, it is a lot like, you know, data stuff with trying to understand feelings. Because, I mean, she's not just, like, accepting of that. She, like, wants to understand all of that. So, yeah. So, uh, and uh, Roger gets a call from uh, Alex Rosewater, who is, like, the guy who runs the city. Yes. Yeah, his family owns, runs everything. He's the big muckety muck of town. He's, he's the main antagonist, kinda? I mean, he's, if this, he's the, uh, he's the Nigel Hawthorne in this, uh, movie's, uh, Demolition Man. <laughs> uh, sure. I was thinking more he's kind of the kingpin who's also the mayor. Okay. I mean, because we later find out that he knows more about, um, things than everybody else does. Yeah, he has, well, he's been collecting information about the past. That's kind of his thing. Yeah. And I wonder if he is a Kurt Vonnegut reference. Maybe. Uh, as uh, There's a recurring character in Vonnegut novels named Elliot Rosewater. I mean, given that we've already established a big Asimov reference, then I'm going to say that's not unreasonable. And one, and one of his, his novels is God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar with it. And he, he also appears in Breakfast of Champions and I think Slaughterhouse-Five. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, that might be a reference or it might just be we like that name. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna go with probably a reference considering that we've already established some, you know, literary references of that era. So Rosewater, you know, there's, you know, there, somebody is threatening the destruction of the city. Uh, via weird tarot card looking Christmas cards. Yeah, it, it's odd, sort of symbolic Christmas card. Mm. And are, are Christmas cards like a thing in Japan? Probably Christmas is sort of a thing. Yeah, there. I'm, ne I'm it's, never it's, entirely sure how much of a thing Christmas is there. They really like the idea of it. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's different. It's a thing that pops up in anime quite often. Like, there'll be a Christmas episode, but it's usually, like, this odd, like, Lynchian version of Christmas, in a way. <laughs> like, things are just a little bit off. But it, it has the shape of Christmas. But not this is the chimney, and this is the sled. <laughs> Although, well, there is there is a summer holiday, Tanabata, which is sort of Christmassy too, where oh. the, the festival the tying like um little wishes for the coming year or something to a uh, bamboo. I think it's a bamboo tree, some kind of tree. Sort of a summer holiday that's sort of like Christmas. I mean. So Christmas is second Tanabata. The the thing about Christmas is that once it got moved to around the winter solstice, it I mean most cultures are going to have some sort of solstice acknowledgement. So yeah. there, there's it it probably correlates with something that they already had going on. Hmm. Well, it's close to New Year's, yeah. so hmm, that's a holiday. So anyway, uh, Oliver is accosted by this terrifying, uh, speaking of David Lynch. Yes. Uh, oh, this oh, terrifying oh. maniacal Santa Claus. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he's all like gray skinned and his face is kind of weird and. And his suit doesn't fit. Yeah, and he moves like a crazy person. Yes. And, uh, but he, he's got something for Oliver and it looks like a weird avocado. <laughs> it's got like a little uh, well, design it's... in it. Yeah, it, it's sort of avocado gem thingy with, like, mechanics inside it. It's very strange. And it is indeed the titular demon seed. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. And yeah, so we, we cut back to uh, Roger and uh, Dorothy. They're talking about Bible stuff. Um, apparently Rosewater oh, has this, a book. Is this when they're having dinner? Or was yes. The dinner oh, right. it's, like, it's like, because it's basically the Batman dinner scene. Yeah, from that first it's Batman a long movie. table. It's not as long as that table, but it's longer than it needs to be, and they're both sitting at either end. Yes. And Norman's I... just standing in the corner by Roger. Yes. And yeah, apparently Rosewater has like some book of revelations, as they call it. Because uh, cause we're doing Bible stuff. Yeah, you know, because we're doing Bible stuff. <laughs> So, and as I have in my notes, uh-oh, anime talking about Bible stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's kind of a throwaway line because it doesn't matter to anybody but Rosewater. And it's just the thingy. Yeah. And uh, indeed they visit, uh, they visit the humble abode of, uh, of Oliver and Laura. They find out that she's blind. Now, because and... I am, because I am the woman here, I have to, to dig into the mm -hmm. relationship aspects of this whole thing because it also, oh, yes. there's a bunch in that scene about how there's a lot going on. Basically, right Dorothy's like prodding at Roger about like, so you get gifts for people you care about. So are you going to get anybody a gift? And and oh, Norman yes. is Norman is clearly the one in this who's like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to fix this. Um, <laughs> because... Well, it's kind of like I ship this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's that. So she's like, you know, trying to to be friends with him, but he's also like very difficult about these things and also she's an android and doesn't actually understand how people work 
so there's this whole thing in that scene over, you know, the, the unreasonably long dinner table where, you know, she's like basically getting into the whole thing with, with presents and, and all that. Yeah, and you're like, supposed to give a present the, to someone you love, but Roger says, I don't love anybody. Uh, is this just like a platonic thing? Yes. I don't know how like, old she's supposed to be. I mean, well, she's a robot. She's a robot. It's anime, really matter, so I can't really tell. It's a robot. It doesn't really matter. It, 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 but it's like subtext of subtext things. I mean, it can it, also, you can also see it as a, as a platonic you know, a very good friendship, but yeah. Well, it's going back to like noir in a way. It's like uh, the detective would always have a relationship, sort of, with his secretary, but not really. Right. It's like it's like an it's like a first seasons of X Files, Mulder and Scully thing. Yeah, I, I would yeah. I would put it like that. Where you know they're they're, I mean, you know they they've had a lot of like I mean deep talks about what feelings are and how people are. So, you know, she understands that this is a thing that would have significance and his behaving this way shows a certain thing in, in any way. Yeah, feelings. Yeah. What I'm saying is feelings. We skipped over the feelings. <laughs> I gotta go back to the feelings. And, That's and totally we skipped cool. over a scene of Roger peeling potatoes when Norman explains shit to him. It's like, oh, Dorothy's birthday's on the 25th. You should get her something. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, he, he oh, says that's, when oh. he was going through her memories, because he was, like, looking up the stuff in her head, that it said that her birthday was the 25th. Which, oh, oh. Little note that, that will maybe be amusing to Rob. Um, That little ribbon that's on her forehead? Uh-huh. That pops out. It's basically a disk drive. <laughs> oh. Yes. Okay, well, that's that's pretty neat. In one episode, it also provides a light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this drive pops out, there's a light that comes out. Uh, so yeah, that. Uh, so that they uh, they investigate these two. They find out that you know she's blind. He's kind of this penniless sax guy, and also it's every a pitiful sop. But he he's nice to like. Earlier in the episode when they're first talking, like, there's one slice of ham for dinner. He gives it to her, and he's pretending to cut a slice on his plate yes. to make noise. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, and they find out that kind of everybody in that neighborhood has those weird Christmas cards. And that sometimes people at the local, go to this local, uh, building with a big, uh, big T on it and, uh, sing songs that they don't understand. That's a lowercase yeah, T. Yeah, yes. you know, the big lowercase T. I will say that is that is a very eerie and arresting image. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what this show's great about. Like, um, there was also a shot of the clock tower. Like, shots of a clock tower happen in once or twice every episode. This is the only time where you don't actually see a clock in the clock tower. It was a hole. Ah. I... I want to say that in each episode it shows up like it's ticking down. It's a different time, but I may be misremembering. Also, the music when they're going to visit these these folks is really, really oh, good. The I love the music. I, I imported the CD of the soundtrack. It, it, it really reminds me of the, the Vangelis music from Blade Runner. Yeah. 
which this occasionally draws from in this episode as well. Yeah. Among other things. Yes. I mean, I mean, it's much like Blade Runner. It's, you know, noir in a sci-fi setting. Yes. It's, it's definitely a show that wears its influences on its sleeve. Anyway, Dorothy ends up going back and she sees that it's just, um, it's just Laura there and she is very blunt and wondering, you know, why do you love this guy? He's poor and his, his sax playing yes. is terrible. What is this love you speak of? Yes. I know, it just turns out that he's- and then, To which, uh, she responds like, well, well, yeah, you know, you know what it is, it's love. And then you just cut to Dorothy's blank face. No, I do not get love. <laughs> love file not found. <laughs> which is not, she does seem to have emotions. Although her main emotion is being sassy. Yes. In a and subdued she, way. And also she can't taste. Yeah, well, but she can eat. Right. Kind of. I mean, it, it's going somewhere, but it's not like it does anything for her. There, there is the yeah. point where they're, they're dining with these two and like he's making some comment about Roger and Dorothy being a couple and Roger does the whole like, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and Laura says something to Dorothy about it. She's just like, I'm used to it. <laughs> oh, sad. So sassy. So anyway, it is, it is now basically Heaven's Day. It is, or Heaven's Day Eve. And so this avocado thing ends up breaking open. And, uh, and it's Legend of the Overfiend time. <laughs> no, it's the Tannenbaum of Doom. It's really nicely animated. Uh, oh yes. Yes, the, the show is, is, well, it's pretty much good throughout, but when, giant monster and robot stuff kicks in, it just goes into overdrive and is awesome. Yes, it does have so do, that... And the music kicks up, It too. does have that sort of Sentai quality of just there will be a point. There will be the third act of giant robots and monsters. Well, it's traditional. Right, I was thinking, like, well, I'm sorry, wasn't there a giant robot in the credits of this show? <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's time. Because, yeah, this thing just busts out of the streets, totally wrecking them, by the way. Yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, that's kind of an issue with Big O. Yeah. Like, man... Yeah, there's an underground subway that and a giant train thing that transports Big O, but it has to make a hole somewhere. (laughs) Keeps relieving shit. I assume it's like one of those things where you have to alternate what side of the street you park on every day (laughs) so that it doesn't get destroyed by the Big O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, this thing grows, it grows, uh, vines and it eventually grows into, yes, a giant Christmas tree. Uh, because it turns out that this, uh, that the crazy Santa was like a scientist who, uh, talked of a, a far off time when there were, there were things called trees. And the earth was covered they were in them. everywhere. Yes. Covered in these trees. Oh. And he was, I think there's something about some, some, I forgot the terminology. I didn't write it down, but about like returning nature. Mm-hmm. And also, there's something about a, a mega deuce. I'm not entirely sure what a mega deuce is. That would be what Big O is. Yes. Okay. Uh, of course, mega deuce is just big god in Latin. So <laughs> I see. I was thinking. Well, also, also sometimes he's called just a big because, uh, the, well, the main. 
the, the, the most notable giant robots in the show are called Bigs. There's Big O, Big Duo, and, oh shoot, what was the other one? Big Foul or something? Yeah, I think that was it. I, I was reminded by the YouTube suggestions that there's another episode called Enemy is Another Big. Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, does this thing just like like spit out a different Bible verse everything every time you turn it on? No, it's or... always the same one. No, it, it always spits out cast in the name of God ye not guilty. Okay, so it's it's like uh it's like the robot's catchphrase? <laughs> Basically. Kinda yeah. Well it's just on the display in front of it in, in the cl- it's sorta of steampunky controls, but not really. And the front of the robot kinda of looks like a train. I mean, I mean, it's very Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Yeah. So he, you know, this, the kaiju the bi- music starts. Yeah, there's definitely kaiju music playing, and the Big O is doing its best to fight what is basically, you know, a a non sapient tree. So it's just cutting a bunch of vines, and our poor street busker almost loses his saxophone until he is, uh, and almost plummets to his death before he is caught by the Big O. Yes. Yay. Oh. And, and while all this is going on. There well, well, the, the, two things, two things. One, Rogers has a line about protecting the city. It's his city. Kind of like the tick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Roger, in the middle of this fight, while punching and shooting eye lasers at the giant killer tree, calls Norman on his giant robot to tell him to go to the tailor and pick up the dress he bought that was have, being altered. Yes, because he did... Norman's whole thing about how, oh, well, it's Dorothy's birthday, too, did manage to convince Roger to go buy her a very expensive dress. Yes. That is, of course, black. And, yeah, and so Norman takes off in what appears to just be the Bat Cycle. I think, act, well, you know, it's, I'm it's pretty sure... It's an old sure... motorcycle with a sidecar. The license plate says MASH. I'm pretty sure Dorothy's fashion sense is entirely just due to like having clothes purchased by Roger and Norman. I'm pretty sure it's not so much that she's a yeah. goth as she's just... Actually, no, I come to think of it, I think in an earlier episode, it, it's actually a subject. It is? I don't know. I remember like in the first episode, she has a red dress. Yes, and they tell her if she's going to live there, or he tells... Roger tells her if she's going to live there, she has to wear black. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> And so he just, Norman's just driving through brick walls in this motorcycle. Is he also a robot? Yes. No. Oh, he no, is? No, he's just awesome. Oh. He is the best butler ever. I mean, he's no Sebastian. He drives through buildings. Okay. He saves a woman who was in a building that was about to be crushed. She's presumably the tailor. She's just stuck in the side guard holding something. Oh, but, oh yeah, probably was the tailor. Yes. I didn't even think about that. Anyway, the tailor. But th- there's also an episode later or earlier where... He comes to Roger's rescue with a giant, like, tank-killing um, rifle. <laughs> he's just shooting things. Yeah, he's he's basically like Alfred, except instead of being secretly a badass, he's overtly a badass. Yes. I mean, I mean you aren't a badass with, you know, you, you can't not be a badass and also have an eye yes. patch. It's entirely yeah. true. Anyway, so... uh you know, the Big O can't really do anything against this, but luckily, once it breaches through the dome, uh, it just stops growing. Because it was just designed to get that high and then stop, I guess, to give everybody a Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, yes. it's it was designed by the scientist to be a giant tree. 
in the middle of their city. Like, screw you guys. Have a tree. And does this ever come up again, or is that this just like a Monster of the Week oh. thing? Kind of just a Monster of the Week thing. I don't think the hole in the dome is mentioned. Or they just go to a different dome the next episode. <laughs> because, yeah, they just, they just like, fi- uh, this, the crazy Santa just disappears. Yeah, he's never to be seen again. He may have jumped off a bridge. But there's snow coming into the dome now. Yay. Yes. I mean, he does say that he's leaving uh, this world. <laughs> <laughs> much, uh, much like, uh, Tommy Wiseau. Yes. He is he is fed up with his word. <laughs> Everyone will be very sad when he's gone. Uh, sure. And uh, it is here that uh, you know Rosewater is uh, hanging around. He says that uh, hey, you know, uh, Heaven's Day was uh, it actually commemorates the the birth of uh, the Son of God. And dude's Which, like, okay, sure, that comes to nothing. Oh, I thought maybe that was going to be nobody else gets that as. I mean, nobody else gets it, but I thought maybe that was going to be, like, an implication that he's, like, the one guy who remembers everything. Well, he's figured what? these things out. And, yeah, that that he is just, showing how yeah. much he knows. Okay. Yeah, but it really doesn't mean much of... Actually, I'm not, I'm not sure how old Rosewater's supposed to be, because Roger's younger than the 40 years memory loss. Rosewater might be around 40, maybe? Uh, and so... Yeah, so Oliver and Laura joyfully reunite. I assume they don't show up again. No. Uh, Roger and Dorothy, uh, and, uh, give each other, uh, gifts. Yeah. Oh, d- and it's, and it's very, s- it's sweet, but, but like Roger's like, no, oh, it's your birthday. I got you a present. It's like, it's not my birthday. My birthday is the same as the original R- or, uh, Dorothy Wainwright. Roger shrouds it, Norm. Norman! <laughs> it's like, he so lied. I assume that, like, December 25th is when she was built? Well, no, I assume that Norman no, told, neither. Norman, Norman lied to lying. her, or lied to him. Oh. To get okay. him to I buy totally her a present. Yeah, so he would get a present. I see. Yep. Norman was manipulating him <laughs> to get him to buy her a present. <laughs> because that is how good a butler he is. He's <laughs> quite the butler. <laughs> And then we we end with more sax music. Yes. Yeah. Jingle bells, sax music. Yes, jingle bells. It's 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 out of uh it's out of copyright Yay! everybody. It's also Public out of domain, tune, which I find good. It's like cuz at one point uh uh oh who was it? Roger asked Dorothy how uh his sax playing is and she says it's bad cuz she's yeah, well, playing on the piano. She's great on the piano. Yes. Yeah, when when Dorothy goes to uh you know visit uh Laura, she's all how how can you love him? His sax playing is terrible. Yes, because she is the best your, character. Your love is illogical. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> and yeah, so that is uh that is the big O. I'm this was this was enjoyable. I I didn't understand about half of it, but uh <laughs> I kind of want to see more. This I don't think this ever aired in Canada. Oh, that's that a is shame. a shame. It, I, it was a staple on Cartoon Network. I missed out what? on a lot of, you know, your your formative uh, anime. I've also never seen Ev- Evangelion. Uh-huh. Well, you know well, we have differing on opinions on Cartoon that. Cartoon Network until later. I would say yeah. watch the movies. Have you ever seen The Gundam Wing? Uh, yes, that aired up here. Uh, probably it probably got special. Well, dispen- yes, because that was all Canadian voice actors. Did, yeah, exactly. Did you see the the new the recent news? <laughs> <laughs> that in in Dragon Ball Super, there's some 
plot thing where there's like a clone Vegeta who is Brian Drummond. Oh, yes. Jetstorm himself. Yes, I'm so excited. That's that's pretty great. It'll be airing January 6th, I also, think. Also, watching this reminded me that they made figmas of Dorothy and Roger, and, and now I kind of want to go, like, throw a couple hundred dollars uh, at eBay. Uh, hopefully yeah. you got at least a hundred bucks, because that I, I missed when it originally came out. I looked, and it was too rich it's, for my blood, because It's I looking like, like they're... And she comes with a paro and a broom. Yes, it's looking like they're going for around 80, so... That's that's not terrible. Oh, that that might be lower than what I saw. Oh, I'd uh, have to be careful hmm. they're not knockoffs because I know knockoffs are a problem with figmas these days, uh, but they they look good. At this point they might be I should get them in the original box. Oh, they're in the original. Yeah, box. when you when you google the big O Canada, you just get the Olympic oh, Stadium that's in Montreal. Sad. It it's oh. a really I would say that at least watch the first season. I don't think it was that long. Yeah. I think it's yeah, like 13 think, episodes apiece, so you've got like 26 episodes. It's it's as long yeah, as so Beast it's, Machines. It's not like, yeah. you know, trying to watch, I don't know, original Mobile Suit Gundam or anything. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, a weird futuristic city where a bunch of people are amnesiacs, <laughs> and the leader is mysterious, and there are a bunch of chirp Bible uh, references. Dun, dun, dun. Is this show just secretly Beast Machines? I it, like I said it worse. <laughs> oh my god, there's an episode where they have to fight a bunch of vines? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh. I'm gonna say that probably was not actually an influence. I mean, really, probably not. I mean, I think they ran kind of concurrently. Like, in the US. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, well, now this actually, uh, I guess the first season, yeah, actually almost Exactly, 1999. I think that's yeah. the same year. Hmm. Everybody was just all about, uh, you know, yeah, amnesia well, back then. I mean, it's not like today when we just really wish we had amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess it caught on enough that they made Figma toys. Well, I guess it was a big enough hit in the states, as you were saying, yes. that it was that they made the second season. But I guess that wasn't. Mm-hmm. And they to did make a soul of Chogokin Bigo. Well. So that's... It's complicated why there isn't a third season. One, like, there was zero interest in Japan. So America would have entirely funded to make it. And there was, like, I forget if it was a changeover or just, like, whoever was in charge didn't give a shit about Big O on Cartoon Network. They hated it. Ah. So there is no third season. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's a show Which, that kind of a show I I remember very fondly. The first season is great. The second season's weird. definitely weirder. Yeah, it sounds like it gets all like Matrix sequel. A bit, a bit. Yeah, it gets a little too up its own ass. But they're kind of like messing around and having fun. I mean, like I said, all that stuff mm. was a lot more window dressing in the first season, and they dive into it a lot more in the second season. Yeah. It's like if the second season of Batman the Animated Series had suddenly gotten into like a bunch of stuff about the history of Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. A bit like that. Except yeah. if the history of Gotham was like super weird and interesting and not just an American I, city. I mean, and some, the like, last... I, know, I, I know Grant Morrison did a thing where like it was actually, I think it was Grant Morrison, where there was actually like arcane rituals to a bat demon performed by the city <laughs> founders. Uh, probably. Sure. 
Probably. And of course, the city fighters are all like, you know, the, the Waynes and I think, you know, the Gordons and probably Cobble the Dents. The Cobblepots, probably the Cranes, <laughs> who knows? It's a good show. I want that Dorothy thing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of want to see more of it. I, uh, we, we, this may be something we come back to in the, in the yeah, future. I wouldn't be opposed Yay. to that at all. I haven't watched it Peril. for a long time, but I definitely remember it fondly and, and it's definitely good. Dorothy's always been one of my favorite characters because she's so sassy. I love a sassy robot. <laughs> All right, so that uh, that should about do it for our exciting holiday special. One of our two exciting holiday specials. If you enjoyed this, go to our Patreon, give us a dollar, get our tick episode and everything else we've done up to now. Two Kimono Friends episodes, a couple movie things, a few movies. And Call of and Patreon has unboned their their system, so you can't actually give well, just a dollar. Yes. Yeah, you're not being charged, but uh, try and trust Patreon. Maybe they won't do crazy shit like this again, although they did threaten to do it once. So, uh. But for now, things are still, give us a dollar, you only pay a dollar, get stuff. Yeah. And, and it, what a dollar it is. Where else are you going to find this much content for a single slim loony? It's pretty good. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I think it's important to keep the the level of entry fairly low because, you know, I know what it's like to not really have any money to throw around, uh, but also want to support places and support creators and support people who are putting good stuff out there. Uh, so, yeah. And in fact, it, we this is kind of our fourth Christmas special because we also did two episodes on uh, Human Error. Yes. Which would yes. be part of our, our regular Christmas pod series. So, yes, it's holidays yes. all over the place. So we will we will be back possibly in late December or possibly the new year depending no, on how the it's going to be the new year no no it's going to be new year the new year we'll be back okay we'll be back in the new year with uh, we'll take the, a week off the last four episodes of Transformers animated David and I need to get some uh, things some, together we need to talk about our toys I got Overlord yeah we got to do the game there'll be something yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. happening between seasons as always and then we're on to Transformers Prime yes. I really Yay. like Transformers Prime. Welcome back, Steve Bloom and other voice That's actors right. and actors. I like it and, when, when uh, things are dark. Oh, yes. The Dwayne Johnson. Ooh. Yes. In, uh, yeah, in, uh, the new year, we will all, our p- next Patreon episode, uh, is, uh, that space movie that, uh, everybody seems to be watching. Thor Ragnarok. Um, I believe it's, uh, uh, no, uh, Valerian and <laughs> the Something of the that. Thousand oh, Planets. I need to watch that. Oh, that was, that was kind of shiny. I, I, I mean, it's, Didn't it's definitely it, going to be, I, I mean, that's definitely going to be an, it's Saturday afternoon. It's on Netflix. Why <laughs> yeah. not? Yeah. I think Rihanna's yeah, in it. Yeah. As in a part that could kind of be cut, like, well, half the scenes in the movie could kind of be cut. It's well, I mean, you could strange. cut it, but then your movie would have, would have no Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah. And Rihanna's at least entertaining. I've uh, kind of the best part of Battleship. <laughs> She was a battleship? Wow. She was in battleship. Strange. Yeah, I, th- I think unfortunately she is now like 0 for 2 as far as being in successful movies. <laughs> At least she's a good part in those movies. Presumably I haven't seen battleship. But are we going to go see Ready Player One? Oh. No! Fuck if, if no. You, pick- you know what? If they fixed the problematic romance subplot, I would be on board. 
for just uh, like no, I, I, the same way I was. I got that trailer before Star the Wars. The same way I was on board for the last night. I didn't think. Goodness. Uh, oh, maybe when does it come out? Maybe it'll be Hate Watch. I think it's May. I want to say May. Uh, I don't think. When does when is? Oh no, Infinity March. War? March thirtieth. Uh, that's a weird. Uh, one. Maybe if we had a Patreon goal, get us to fifty bucks a month. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's a good one. You have to pay me to see that damn movie. That's Absolutely. a good lunch break right there. Oh. <sighs> My overlord has a random sticker that just sort of seems to have laundered in from somewhere. And, and usually I'm not, oh boy, you really have to convince me to see this Spielberg movie, but this looks atrocious. <laughs> when was the last really good Spielberg movie? Uh, Bridge of Spies. That is a, that is a good movie. Eh. That's, um, you know, that's Mark Relance and, um, Tom Hanks. It's a good movie. <laughs> Bridge of Spies. It's, it, that is a solid ass dad movie. I mean, I guess if you're a dad. <laughs> I don't like dad movies. And, uh, people, people are saying good things about, uh, The Post. I don't even know what the hell it is. Uh, oh, and, uh, Lincoln is was that like good. The Postman? Oh, okay, Lincoln uh, gets a No, pass. it's. It's about like the Pentagon oh. Papers. Oh, yeah. Stephen Colbert was really excited about that because he's a nerd. I mean, and it it has a great cast: Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, uh, Sarah Paulson, Ooh. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, <gasps> Saul Goodman himself. I love Bob Odenkirk. Oh. Everybody loves Bob Odenkirk. Oh, Allison Breeze oh. in it. But it sounds so. Boring. Basically, if you can think of a notable character actor, they're in it. Uh, but it sounds so boring. Ron it's Perlman? got David Cross in it. David Cross, uh, I don't know, you know if I from can uh, from Mister Show. He's, yeah, uh, I know, and, I know who oh. he is. I just, I don't really like him. Mm, I, I like him okay on Arrested Development. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, okay, so, Arrested Development. Yes. Anyway, so that is the episode. We will see you again in the new year. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, joyous solstice. Happy Yule. Happy New Year. Yule tidings. Meli Kaliki Maka. <laughs> um, have, have a tip top tet. <laughs> happy, happy heavens day to one and all. Or as, of uh, course, the end of this episode actually, end of this episode actually says, Merry Xmas. Yes. Yes. Which is cute. Before it cuts into the oddly romantic, Egg, egg, uh, outro song with like Nor- uh, Roger and Dorothy sitting together back to back. It's is that supposed to be her singing? No. Well, okay. Thematically, I think it is, but actually, no. I mean, I, I assume it's not her actual voice actress, but no. Why not? That's well, no, because that was the the ending theme in Japanese too. So, so. oh, okay. Right, so until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. Could it be real? My house says that you're the one. There's no one else. You're the only one for me. Yes, this time I lost the real.